I'll punish you. You'd punish me? Like you'd use this stuff on me? Yes. Because I'm 50 shades of fucked up. How has your week been? Pretty good. I'm feeling good. Been jobless today, this week. It's been kind of like my own little summer break. It's been fun. Has been fun. We've been playing a lot of Zelda. I told my brother this would happen if he bought me the Zelda game. I said, don't buy me the Zelda game. I'm going to become addicted to it. I need to find a job right now. I'm in between jobs right now. If you buy me the Zelda game, I'm going to do nothing but sit on the couch and play Zelda. And here we are. <laughs> I've done nothing but sit on the couch and play Zelda. <laughs> I feel like Todd with his rock opera from BoJack. Oh, a little BoJack reference. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've been playing a lot of Zelda. But good news, once I'm done, I'll be done with it. You know? And and then one way to look and then at I can it. continue my life, you know? I've been I've been trying to do both. <laughs> it's just it's not one of those games that's gonna like, be updated it. or anything. It's just gonna be finished, I'll be done with it, and then I can continue my life. Yeah, in a month or so maybe. <laughs> Um, but we have also, we've also been in watching addition movies. to gaming, we also, we've been a little slow, have been watching movies, but we've got, we've got we've stuff got, to talk about. Got, it was, it was a, a slower week than usual, but we really, we beefed it up. We really like end. pushed to get that <laughs> yeah. content for you guys here. We, yeah, we did we a couple back-to-backs. for you. Yeah, we, we did a couple back-to-back screenings a few nights in a row. So this week, the first movie that we're starting with is the John Hughes classic 16 Candles. And I know you have a lot to say about this, so I'll let you take the wheel. So I'm not actually that crazy about John Hughes. Like, I like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I hated Weird Science. Like, The Breakfast Club was okay. But this one... John Hughes means a lot to me, personally. John Hughes is it means a lot to a lot of people. A lot of white families love John Hughes, okay? You don't like Homelot? I do. I thought Home Alone was good. I think he's a good writer in terms of direct writer-director. I think he's I, great. I have mixed feelings. So yeah, Sixteen Candles was one of those John Hughes films I've never seen but always like heard about. It's a real classic, but I feel like not a lot of people are. It's not as talked about yeah. as Breakfast Club or Ferris yeah, Bueller. Yeah. And the only reason I've seen Weird Science is because my dad's a boomer and he really wanted us to like enjoy this in a sleepover. And we didn't enjoy it the way he thought he, we would. That's one of those movies that We're dads not talk loved, about but science, it aged but... poorly. Yeah. This movie is a movie that also, I would say, aged pretty poorly. Yeah, this was... Uh... Honestly, I think most of it's fine, actually. Yeah. Except no... for the one character that sort of felt like Jar Jar's inclusion in the prequels of it's like it didn't need it. it I understand you wrote the plot around it but did they really because he's well, not like a party and he's there's no plot like he doesn't drive the plot forward in case in, you wonder what we're talking about we're talking, we're talking about, about long duck dong the character in this movie that is pretty dare I say racist or like a racist caricature Right? That's a good way to phrase it. He's racist. It's a racist character. But Japanese he's not... People. Yeah. Not the actor. The character. I'm actually trying to find the actor's name. Hence why I've got dead air. Uh, his name is Gede Watanabe. I hope I didn't butcher that too bad. But we all know and love him from Gremlins 2, the new batch. If you're a real stan, you'll recognize him immediately as the photographer, journalist guy from Gremlins 2. He plays... He's, he's in this film... And it's it's horrible. I mean, I feel bad for him. Yeah. Like, I can, like, I'm sure it was a good career boost for him, but it just 
felt weird because he's the only person that's not like totally white in yeah. the whole film, and that's his and whole his inc- character. Yeah, that's he's a big. He had to do the voice. Yeah, and you like know, everyone's like, kind of joking on him, and the, like it's funny when he gets drunk and lands on his face because it's yeah, him. it's like um, I did, lo- uh, it yeah. didn't really age super well, but I feel like those parts of the film are honestly like. They're Again, like they don't move the few. plot forward. They're few and, and they're pretty far between. Them. Um, they're not the most down your throat. Yeah. Um, Another part of the film that we really didn't like was the. the I, I want to. I, I don't know what I can say on this podcast, but the jokes, the casual jokes about sexual assault to women. Yeah, there was there Men was specifically just chatting about specifically one line. Yeah. Between the two main love interests. Well, yeah, film. I wouldn't say that he's really a love interest, Mike, but like the two main Mike guys. Mike Baker and Jack, Jake Ryan. Yeah. They're talking and he says, I could have any girl, you know, my girlfriend's asleep in the room and I could go violate her 10 different ways if I, if I wanted to. And then uh, the other character says, well, what are you waiting for? He says it with 100% sincerity and it's just sort of like, okay, we're supposed to be rooting for you. That's yeah. harsh. Because then he does end up together with that girl that... He was like, well, why don't you go, yeah, you know, that's fuck true. her while she's drunk, passed out. Um, and then they end up together. And it's like, oh, good. The way that men talk about women in this movie in general is a little bit, I mean, very much it's, male it's gazy. Also, it's also John Hughes, but though. I actually feel like the main love interests, Molly Ringwald and Jake Ryan, I like their plot line and their story of them getting together. Even though they don't really, like... You were kind of saying like, oh, they don't really like have a lot of like chemistry, but it's really just because like they're both pining for each other from a distance up until pretty much the ending. Yeah. Um, which I really appreciate. And um, it's a very classic romance yeah. in that sort of way, but it does like it well. That yeah, it works for me. It does. Molly but I think Ringwald the other elements no wrong. The things that make this film unique from other romance films doing similar concepts deduct from the experience like the long duck dong yeah or the casual problematic racism bullying of the 80s like some of the bullying they did that kid just because he's younger yeah was like kind of of insane uh... they like glued him in a glass box oh my god yeah 80s classic it was how many bags um i actually i gave it how many bags did i give it i gave it four bags okay (laughs) i i gave it four bags yeah i gave it two and a half it was okay yeah um i i feel like i enjoyed the i i like minus the parts that i didn't like the parts that i did like i I did like good check it out if you haven't watched it already yeah should we move on yeah i think we should okay next we watched War Dogs. War Dogs. The classic 2016 film starring Jonah Hill and Miles, Miles Teller. Yeah. I didn't just read that off of the, the list. The list. What did you think about this? I'm very curious to hear I your thoughts. I have completely mixed feelings about this movie. On one hand, I thought like the actual story of this movie was really interesting. I'm pretty sure it's a true story and that like the whole concept of it is genuinely very crazy and 
just very crazy to watch. However, in, from like a filmmaker's standpoint, this movie, first of all, too long, right off the bat. Or at least it was paced in a way that made it feel too long to me personally. Second of all, Miles Teller doing the voiceover in this movie really took me out of it because he brought no energy to those voiceovers and there are what a lot of them. Preferred? He'd been like, so there I was in Czechoslovakia no, with but, a gun in my mouth. Yeah, but I would have liked that better if it, than him being like, there I was in Czechoslovakia with the gun in my mouth. Like, put a little bit at, like, tell us I the just, story I think if it, you're going to tell was, us I think the it's story. Lazy narrator voiceovers. Yeah, we don't, I'm not really, I think, like. I think doing the, the whole, like, omnipotent post tense or past tense narration kind of is. It kind of did start with, like, a record f- scratch freeze frame. Like, he was, Very like, much uh-oh. energy, like, uh-oh, and yeah. then flashback. Um. Also, like, Miles Teller's character in general, again, this is a true story and these are real people, but we're, like, based, genuinely based talking, yeah, based on a true story, based on real people. What we are talking about here is the actors and the characters and whatnot. Um, Miles Teller, well, both of them, really, but Miles Teller's character could not be more annoying, in my personal opinion. I thought Jonah Hill's character <laughs> was kind of the annoying of the two. I'm pretty sure that dynamic was like Miles Teller was the straight guy and Jonah Hill was like the annoying asshole that's but, ruining everything. But I feel like Jonah Hill, like you get who he is in the very beginning of the movie and Miles Teller, like, I don't know, like he tries to like be He's this less good defined. Guy. He's less yeah, of a cartoon. And he has this girlfriend I think he, I think Miles Teller's supposed to more represent an in for the audience, mm. even though it's like they're not necessarily characters you want to be in. He's sort of the viewpoint of like he's just this random guy who's doing whatever, and then he gets this opportunity from this other person. Yeah, that's and then we true. go along with him for the ride up until the very end when they both go crashing down. Should Spoiler we alert. should we say what this movie is about like at all? It's based. Oh, yeah, I guess we should talk about it because <laughs> um, you were talking about how the plot line. Yeah. If you've ever seen um, Lord of War, it's the, that movie. But I have not. It's on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's about the um, war on terror and how it was just sort of a way for the U.S. government to sort of fund itself and move a lot of money around, yeah, illegally. And um, it's just about gun running and uh, the arms deals and the internet age of black market dealings Um, yeah basically these two guys kind of get involved in this deal where they're selling guns and other things yeah to the u.s military yep yes yeah without giving too much of the plot away because there's more to it than that but yeah i mean there's like a lot going on with like like their dynamics and such but at the end of the day it's still like it's a gun runner movie yeah. But it's, I would say it does, it do, has some interesting dynamics because Miles Teller and Jonah Hill do a good job. Yeah, they work well together. They have pretty good energy. But and I think Jonah Hill brings a lot of energy to his character. That's kind of where the praise ends for like. Uh, me. yeah. My, another issue I had with this film was um the girlfriend character for Miles Teller who. Um, I don't know, really felt like 
you know, they just needed to, to throw a, a woman in there. Um, I, I, I don't really know how else to explain it, well, but she it, has Is it no... better to throw a woman in a script or have a script without a woman? Well, I think if you're going to put a woman in this kind of film, especially, which is about like masculinity and there's even a line in the film where they say hey the reason i love this business is because there's no women in it yeah like if you're going to make this kind of film and you put a woman in it you like kind of at least have to like define her as a person and you can't have her be like the girlfriend character she totally she had like a total of screen time she had bradley cooper had more screen time oh yeah bradley cooper's in this she has the same conversation with miles teller where she's like hey don't lie to me about selling drugs or (laughs) drugs don't lie, to me about, don't lie to me about selling guns. And then he's like, okay, I won't. And then he does. And then he comes back and he's like, she's like, but you lied to me. Stop lying to me. And then he's like, okay, I will. They had that same conversation like, like three, three times. or four times. And I was like, girl, girl, if you do not like move on with your life, get I that think... man out of there. Because like, I don't know. It was just crazy. that, And, and I think at the end that she took him back, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, it, she definitely. What does that say about society? I I don't know. I mean, I think she's probably more going on with them yeah, as a couple again, in real life. There's probably which a lot is of why it's like kind of harder story. because, like in the film, they wanted to keep the pace of what they were going for and not mm-hmm. trying to focus on that mm-hmm. dynamic. But it's also like you lose out the fleshing of it. So it's like I didn't necessarily miss her character. Like the film wouldn't have been better if I knew about how they fell in love I didn't why she yeah. sticks with him and you know like I wouldn't have I wouldn't I don't have really cared. feel like I need all of that but like I just kind of feel like she was like I just don't this, I don't know what she brought to the yeah film. she didn't bring much besides this like besides giving like that was humanist like of, yeah. grounding responsibilities yeah. for the again the audience's perspective yeah yeah yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. sort of the whole and he has a baby that he like doesn't care about too and that just made me like upset I don't know yeah. if that happened in real life but Anyways. Again, yeah. Uh, Bradley Cooper is in this, which was kind of a jump scare. But other than that, like, it was a it was a fun watch. I didn't, like, hate it. Didn't love it. Yeah. Probably wouldn't watch again. Yeah, I think I'll think that's going to be the, the theme for a lot of this week, except for the next one, actually. This is a ding, 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 stinker of the week. <laughs> this is the stink. Well, yeah. There's okay. no other way to put it. We're just going to get into it. We watched Fifty Shades Shades of Grey. And Um, the reason why. The reason... Okay, so it was was a my list pick. Mm -hmm. Why was it I'm going to say why I put it in my list, and then you'll say why you picked off my list. Sure. I've never seen this movie. I've never consumed any of the Fifty Shades content. And I've always been, like, vaguely curious about it, just because, like, it got really popular. Like, there's three of these movies. But, like, when it came out, in 2015 we were fully children so i kind of just like forgot about it for a while and then i was like oh that's crazy those like 50 shades of gray movies were like really popular never like felt like delving into that content and i was like you know what could be a fun watch one day so i added it to my list Mm -hmm. and it was picked because uh honestly i'll be real i just I didn't know what to watch, and I was kind of curious. It was uh, one of those films that I've always 
heard about and I just assumed it was like one of those things that people said was so bad but it actually wasn't that bad like Justin Bieber or Taylor Swift but no it is actually that bad uh, but not for the reasons you would think it's actually not very dirty not very raunchy not very lewd it's boring it's really boring it definitely don't watch this with your parents like yeah if you're if you're <laughs> uncomfortable with sexuality yeah maybe steer away from this one but like honestly they don't show it's balls still, it's they still, don't show dick it's still a hollywood it's still a hollywood they only show film. they don't show vagina they it's show boobs hollywood uh version i mean it's it's all it's I'm not saying it has to be graphic or anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I saying preferred it not be. for the reputation that this had, it was really tame. I'm being like it was kind of like boring. Yeah, it was uh, like we've seen more graphic things on this channel. Yeah, like remember that uh, knocked up. Yeah, Knocked Up actually did show... A baby being born. A, baby a human being baby born. being so, born. That's why I'm saying, but that for was... this to have the <laughs> reputation that it did when it came out in 2015 is kind of insane. Um, but really, the, 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 the biggest problem with the film is that it's like a guy whose color palette is white and black and a woman... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I see we're doing a joke, and I kind of. <laughs> no, it's good. No, that was funny. It's okay. funny when you like. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um. Um. And then there's a woman that just her whole thing is she doesn't. She's like finding herself, I guess. Uh, it feels like the worst parts of Twilight, without well, any of the fun fantasy. Fifty Shades of Grey is a Twilight fan fiction, uh-uh. and. I did have a fun time watching this and being like, that's a similar plot line to Twilight. Like, seeing where the author of Fifty Shades of Grey kind of, like, took inspiration from a different world. But, like... It's just so that boring. That was more fun than actually it's like, watching the movie. It's like, imagine if vampires and sexy werewolves were business dudes in suits. <laughs> and, oh, Mr. Grey, Christian Grey... <laughs> First of all, that's such a forgettable face. I'm sorry. We were almost convinced that like it was just a different What was his name? Generic white guy in every different shot because like every time it cut away from both of us Well, he looks like Dennis Quaid, but like He looks like a more forgettable version of Jack Quaid. But a more forgettable forgettable version of him. A very forgettable version of Jack Quaid. Like you think, like you look at him and you go, "Oh wait, no, that's not yeah. him." Yeah. You go, and oh, then I every think I remember him. every angle, every lighting, it looks like a different actor. Yeah. And you're like, okay, now hang on, I do want to. I I feel like we're kind of hashing on it. I did give this one and a half back. Only gave it one because there's a slight redeeming value. I'm gonna say the scene I liked. There was exactly one scene. That I felt like was really good and could probably be honestly a great short film on its own. Like if it was like a five minute short film on Vimeo, I would love it. And that was when they signed the sex contract. Because this scene was backlit with red lighting. So it was just blacks and yeah. reds. And they, they're they sitting across from a very large meeting table. And they go over the very in-depth contract. Like it's very formal. But yeah. they talk about very lewd acts. Like butt plugs 
off the table. And then it was like contract B15. And that felt like a very interesting, you know, um, businessification of romance. Yeah. You know, I thought that was a really good scene. Cause, and then they end up like doing it on the table or whatever. It's kind of fun. But no, like, she goes home afterwards. That's like the whole point of it. Okay. I don't even I don't uh, remember. It's such a good <laughs> Like, again, kind of drags on. Because, but I, I like that moment. Oh, Whoa, what are sorry. you? Sorry. There's so many. Plot? Yeah. What were you okay. going to say, though? Do you want to finish? I point? was just going to say in turn, my, my general yeah, overall yeah. opinion. Yeah. Get Just plot mm-hmm. through it quick. Um, so that's what I had to say I liked. That one scene where it's sort of that theme of, you know, de-romanticizing love and being mm-hmm. with someone. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. Really powerful. The rest of this fucking melodramatic softcore wannabe porn sucks. And honestly, I thought it kind of painted the BDSM community in a very predatory and negative light. Like it didn't. It was not a very fetish positive film. Um, it was very yeah, I creepy. I think a lot of the issues with this plot of the film are that like it takes way too long to get going, and like I don't even know what happens in the beginning. And then once it does, you're like, oh, this is just like kind of glorified abuse yeah like they don't like they don't play it off like there are people who can they enjoy kind of, they start they talk about that they talk about real things but they don't actually dive yeah. into anything yeah they're just like oh yeah so i like to i used i was a sub to my mom's friend for seven years from when i was like 15 to 21 or whatever and now i'm a dom and they don't ever really come back into that aspect, at least not in the first film. Because yeah, fun we only fact, the first one. there's Which, three of these. By the way, spoiler alert for Fifty Shades of Grey, they don't even end up together in the end of the movie. So if you are even watching this for like a slightly satisfying ending, you will not no, be satisfied. To, I think this. I think it's supposed to be like. She's tempted by him and then gets away is sort of her Yeah, but arc. then there's a second movie where they... And then they there's a third movie where they get married. I don't, how many books are there? I don't know. If it was one book, then this is insane. But if it's three books, maybe the first book is dumb. I don't know, but it just kind of reads the wrong way. And also Dakota Johnson spends about, like, more than half of the film, like... Insanely she's horny. Like, yeah. The, she, the worst acting. Oh. She spends, like, the first half of the film, like, really into him. And then, like, once it gets going into the plot, she's, like, clearly not really into that part of it. And so it's just, like, awkward. And you're, like, does she even want to do this? Like, what's the vibe here? But Oh, I do like when they do all some the, of that. the extreme sports stuff, like skydiving and, like, flying oh. plane. See, I forgot about that. Like, I, I, I just just now remember they did that because like I, that's like one of those things that's like not that could that could have been fun if they actually like drew upon that in the yeah. film instead of just having like moments of romance There's broken like up with like action scenes. Yeah. They needed yeah. something for the guys being yeah. stuck bored there that's, falling uh, that's asleep. That's actually true. That's why I remember them because I kind of was like laughing at the tonal shift mostly. That's funny. She's like, oh, I don't want to go on that. I don't want to go on the plane. I don't want to go on the plane. And then she's like laughing, screaming, and he's like. Oh well, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, and he says, "Can we? Can you say the line, the famous line?" What was the famous line? Oh, here it is. Here's, because I'm Fifty Shades of Fucked Up. <laughs> That's that was I honestly. Can't that was I mean. won't like. I won't lie. That was probably the hardest I laughed during this movie was when he said that line. I 
I mean, how could you not just cackle at that? At a man who is is saying this in in full sincerity. 100% like, it's so close to the name of the movie. Yeah. He might as well, well just said that's it. The, I feel like that's a joke because it's like 50, because his name is Gray. Christian Gray. I know, Christian but it's just like, they never get into the whole, why is it called 50 Shades of Gray? So if it's presumed the line 50 Shades of Fucked Up. Yeah, I think that's why. Can we move on to the next film? Yeah, anyways, One Bagger, Stinker one, of the Week. I gave it one and a half. It's, it, there, was, there was some good cinematography, like competent cinematography at I times. just wish, the ooh, the shots of the outside were nice, but... There were some decent everything shots. Everything was so gray. I know, and that's what they were told. That's like what the job was. Don't blame the don't blame the videographer, the cinematographer. They were just doing what their fucking gig wanted from them. Anyway, and they did it great. So <laughs> one and a half. Moving on, but even they couldn't save that. The wreck. rest of the movies we watched are animated, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's the theme. We watched a lot of animated yeah, films this week. We were in an animated mood over the span of three days. <laughs> over the span of three days, we watched five animated films. So, anyways, strap in for yeah, this week's animation. I think that section. Fifty Shades of Grey kind of. Paint like real movies for me for a second. <laughs> like I just needed something with color and brightness. Yeah. So we watched Kung Fu Panda. Yet another Jack Black film. Honestly, I was kind of worried this was age bad because I remember loving this as a kid, and I was like Jack Black, you know China. Yeah. But it actually aged really, really well, and it's a good love letter to like martial art films from you know old Hollywood. Yeah. No, I agree. I had the same exact thought because. The last time I saw this movie was probably in a movie theater. And I, like, when you're in a movie theater and when you're a child, everything is amazing. So I was like, oh, no. But we watched it and it slayed. Like, it slayed. It was, like, a little bit silly, but it's an animated film for children. So, the, But the fight scenes are really great. It, yeah, it is really great, the fight scenes. I remember And there's thinking, a lot of heart in it, too. A lot of really good heart. And also it has a good, like fat positive message i remember thinking that as a kid because like you know i was a, I was a little bit chubby of a kid mm-hmm. and uh you know it's a, this the big bear he's a big fat guy has a lot of fat jokes about how he's plump but then it like they don't they don't ever have him lose that yeah. central character they just learn how to like work with it yeah he uses it. it yeah and i thought it was like, dreamworks again hot off the tail of shrek hot off the tails of shrek 2 they, they kind of killed this, you know. Yeah. There's a reason there's a bunch of Kung Fu Panda movies. I don't know how good those ones are. I don't remember. I, I know. Remember, I, don't I remember, remember seeing those. the second one. So stay tuned for the inevitable reviews of those. Oh, my God. But uh, this one was great. Yeah, four bags. Yeah. It, this really... one, I don't have much to say about it besides, like, um, some of it is more memorable than other parts of it. Yeah. Maybe a little bit slow at moments, but... And, yeah, like, I think it takes a little bit to get into, but then once it gets going, it's like, I we will were say, having a lot of fun with it. Jack Black doesn't sing in it. Yeah, Jack Black does not sing. Well, I guess that's true. It's one of the few Jack Black films he doesn't and sing Seth in. And Seth Rogen is in it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing the full Seth Rogen right now. Um, Seth Rogen is in this. A lot of, like, oh, and um, Tobias. Yeah, the, the cast is kind of stacked. We got Dustin stacked. Hoffman, Angelina Jolie, Jackie Chan, Seth Rogen, David Cross, other people. Yeah, no, the cast is stacked. Uh, it kind of slays. Tanya Hayden. We were sort of talking about this when we were watching the movie. Like, this feels like one of those 
films in my brain where I switched over from like watching animated films and seeing the voices come out of the characters to when I like realized that it was a person doing yes. the voice and I think that's because of Jack Black. Absolutely because I remember watching School of Rock like right before watching Jack Black and making that connection and going oh that's the same and then that sort of changed how I saw animated films. Yeah. And that's like good because, you know, everyone eventually yeah. gets that. Although I do think there is credit to maintaining the illusion of having non actors mm-hmm. be voice characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm all for that, but Yeah. Who cares what I think? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, moving good on. Movie. We don't they, have much to say about it. It's a good movie. You should watch it if you're feeling like a animated film. Yeah. Probably will make you like happy and remember your childhood. Yeah. And, like, make you hungry, maybe. Yeah, if you're feeling like a fun little kung fu movie that's, again, very silly, not too serious. Because it's like... Oh, and one thing I also wanted to mention, though. The animation holds up for the most part, but the birds look terrifying, especially when they look right, like, straight forward. I think they knew that at the time, even. I feel like they played on that. They were... Because that one, like, little guy. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, this next film... Came out in 2013. It was one that I skipped as a child because, honestly, I don't even really remember the marketing for it. It just sort of came out, was out, and people either watched it or didn't. People, Monsters University. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the last time I watched this film, again, was probably 2013. I watched this on the bus to my, on the 8th grade DC trip. Um, And we were also talking about this last night. Like, I was like, oh, I... At first, I thought, like, I was like, I remember that movie, like, being kind of good. But then as we were watching it, I was like, no, I kind of do remember this movie not being good at all. So, what does that say about society? This is one of those society. prequels <laughs> this is that a, the, didn't need to happen. Yeah. I don't think anyone really asked for it. And it's just going to make you want to watch the original. Yeah, it is. For those of you guys who don't know, Monsters University is the... It's the it came out after Monsters Inc. But it's the prequel where they give backstory to how Mike and Sully not met just, not just at Monsters out University. after Monsters Inc. Twelve years after Monsters Inc. When did Monsters Inc. come out? Two thousand one. Okay, that's ways. So con- continue that thought. Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. It basically gives the backstory to how Mike and Sully met and how they got into scaring, which are not things that I questioned when i watched monsters inc as a child or things that i really wanted to know um and beyond that it expands upon this world that like i don't care about um it expands on the world in the worst way yeah go for it something that um really struck me when i was watching this movie is that it feels like there was about like three or four different plots that they like really wanted to go with that they like kind of all just meshed into one overall general college plot like within the first like 30 minutes of the movie they're already taking their final exam and then like there's this whole plot where they like are in like a fraternity competition to be like the scariest scarers but then there's also like another thing that happens after that the worst part about this review is that while we were watching the film after that that second act that second moment you said this is the part i always forget so i'm gonna pay attention 
and then I made sure to pay attention too. And frankly, I can't even remember what happened. Because basically they just get banished from the Monsters world, like in Monsters, Inc. And then they come back by... No, no, no. They... Scaring adults. <laughs> they get expelled because they cheated in the test. And then Mike is like, I'm going to go through the door, like in Monsters, Inc., he goes through one of the doors and like scares a bunch of humans. Well, tries to. And then doesn't scare them. They call the cops on him. Yeah, Remember, they're not and terrified then at they all. Get out? So then, so then Sully goes in to save him because he's like he's not coming out. And uh, then they close the door. And so how then, did they get out? how they get out is by scaring the police officers, the real humans with guns that show up, <laughs> and they scare them by doing like ghost tricks and references to other horror movies and then that terrifies them so much that the but, closet works again i don't know but then they're still expelled oh yeah they're still expelled and then the end of the movie just sort of is like well they, you guys did really good getting back so uh i was able to get you guys jobs or no no I don't even know. They don't even get jobs. They no, just they like they end up moving in, in together room. and they look at the newspaper and see that they're hiring for the mailroom and then they just start their way in the mailroom and I guess they so work like, their way up. If you were wondering how they got their jobs, how as they got scarers, to be number one scarers on the scare floor, they we don't, don't get really there. explain it. They don't they don't Besides, say they got an internship like, or yeah, they don't even can, talk about that boss from the first film. You can kind of infer in different ways that like Mike is a good student and Scully Scully Sully is like a natural <laughs> scarer whatever I, I feel I like mean, I feel no. like we should give a little bit of context now because people are probably wise yes we did in fact watch the original Monsters Inc right yeah, after the fact of course we did we had to this made it us was want to 2 a.m. when we finished this movie and we said <laughs> yeah time for the original <laughs> I can't go to bed with this as the last I just I mind. just this sequel Monsters University it has such a fundamental misunderstanding of what made the original Monsters yes. Incorporated really good. It wasn't the characters. It wasn't the voice actors. It was the, like, play on the energy crisis, this, like, are we the monsters? You know, it's had this sort and, of fun. Uh, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, no, no. I was just, just going to say that the original Monsters, Inc. was great because it was sort of a play on corporate America. It was a critique of business and greed and energy renewal and that type of thing uh and then this film just takes none of that and it's just it like what if that. those like factory workers were actually like sports stars and had their own baseball cards oh yeah another <laughs> thing like that's all like that's really interesting especially now watching it like as a grown-up like yeah you can get so much out of monsters inc to this day because well, the original pixar films are great yeah. wally you know up yeah Incredible. You can't really get a lot out of Monsters University. And There's another thing that really, like, another thing I feel like that they don't understand is, like, people like the dynamic of Mike and Sully, like, being friends. They're kind of like an, like an interesting duo. And in this movie, they kind of hate each other, like, 90% the of the whole film. time. And they don't have any kind of, like, build up or, like, like, because I would get it if they had, like, some kind of beef and then they, like, became friends and that it was the story of that. But it's not really the story of that because they just hate each other like the whole time. <laughs> There's like three minutes where they're not like annoyed with each other. <laughs> and then like... Then they just work into the, the mailroom together for some reason. Yeah, at the end, even when like 
Sully is like proud of Mike for like doing the best scream. He was like cheating. So he wasn't even proud of him. It's just the problem. The main problem with this film in I terms of plot <laughs> was that they didn't have an idea and stick with it. They had a bunch of different ideas and just were like, fuck it. It's a kid's movie. Let's just make a college thing. It's like going to be like Animal House, but PG. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, and they just sort of try to do everything. And that's what was the undoing. Yeah. But I think the biggest undoing was not knowing what Monsters, Inc. means. Yeah. They took they took a lot of those familiar things and then just was like part of the appeal of Monsters Inc. is the fact that all the background characters are these crazy weird monsters. Like in the first film, this girlfriend is like Medusa and there's like a yeah. giant dinosaur. Oh. This film, all the background actors are basically minions. Yeah. They're just like soft, um, squishy, cute little things because they can't be gross. They kind of overdo the like jockey minions or minions monsters because like the there's obviously like mike and sully aren't like in like the main fraternity so like there's like those guys and then everybody else looks they just look like a square rectangle with some eyes or something uh, and we even like and they recycle them too they just color swap we noticed pretty much right away like a lot of the background there's a and lot And they they, of they try to do a lot background. of they try to do a lot of big party scenes and big like football yeah. game events. And like I get what they're going for, but the thing is they don't use any of the unique yeah. characters to sparse it up. So they it just keep ends all up these unique really characters flat. for their Yep. I was going to say they keep all these unique characters for their one-off bits like uh they had this guy who's like the little slime and then the medium slime and then the big slime, but they only show that for like when they're playing football. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They know. never appear in the backgrounds. Yeah. And se- there's just such a lack of like passion in this film. It's so soulless. It's just it's insane too because the original Monsters Inc. has such passion yeah. in it. I did like I will say like I said this when we were watching it. There's like these girls like there's like a bunch of them that all look exactly the same, and they like have like a little skirt and like fuzzy leg warmers on, and they kind of slayed. I just wanted to shout them out, I guess, because they they did slay and I they did catch my eye. But beyond that, like I can't really picture a lot of the other background characters in this which is like when you think monsters inc there's so many different characters that you can think about you know even though it came out in like 2001 and the backgrounds are so empty in monsters inc it's noticeable they still were able to make it feel more populated and more real than monsters university yeah it feels like a real thing rather because they have like unique looking characters for each scene um anyways i give it two bags ditto that's a two bagger I didn't like it. Now, Monsters, Inc., on the other hand, five-bagger. I don't really have much else to say other than it aged flawlessly. Some of the CG looks a little bit creepy. It's a little bit. But that's to be expected with the early Pixar. They they know um, that, and they worked within that limitation pretty damn well. Going also from watching Monsters University to watching Monsters, Inc., like the upgrades in the like cgi of like mike and sully's characters are like very noticeable like in monsters university like mike just like looks very like they're very plasticky and soft or not like yeah like they're they're made to be easier on the eye they're softened yeah he's he looks very soft less textural yeah yeah that's what it is like he has less of a texture to him and this one like you can like notice all of the 
textures on him and like again like i think that's also just because we went like directly to watching it mm-hmm. that i noticed a lot of the differences um but i think yeah like most of the characters like their weird cgi kind of plays into it mm-hmm. um and obviously we love boo and the whole film just works it has a it, a better pacing okay well we'll, we'll move on I'm getting the time notice. Anyways, we loved Monsters, Inc. We did not like Monsters University. Yeah, Monsters, Inc. was it's a classic. I mean, really, what else? you haven't seen it, like, what are you... haven't seen Monsters, if Inc.? you haven't seen Monsters, Inc., I don't think you're get old en- out of here. Yeah, you're not old enough to be watching, listening to this if you haven't seen Monsters, Inc. Yeah, like, I literally cried Go back to, go back to kindergarten. Movie. Yeah. Finish, finish a juice box. Yeah. I, go give your mom her iPad back because you, you shouldn't be on the internet. Yeah, okay? no, for real. Stay offline until go you're on about Disney 12. Plus and watch 12 is the Inc. youngest you can be on the internet, is my uh, opinion. Maybe 15. Yeah. That's so true. No. Um. Anyways, moving on. Speaking of people who another... are criminally <laughs> online, we, we want to talk about the Tumblr sexy man. This is... The Lorax. <laughs> Not the Lorax himself. The Thneed man. The Wounsler. The Wounsler. Um, this is the... We had basically the exact same situation happen to us two nights in a row where... We, we watched, watched the remake, the, of remake the sequel and, and then we say we gotta watch <laughs> the original now granted the original is only a 25 minute cartoon because dr yeah. seuss knew his cartoons were for kids and i didn't need to make an 86 minute feature uh-huh. you know yeah so we'll get to that okay yeah in terms Anyways, of the, we watched the 2012 illumination lorax 3d animated starring danny devito, danny DeVito ed helms zach efron taylor swift Anyways, this is a movie. It was certainly... The thing I want to say about this movie is that, like, it is fun. Like, it doesn't... It is so brightly colored and so atmospheric that in... in, in I don't know, like... If... Is that the point of the Lorax? No, though? but it was fun to look at. And the, there is music in it, which didn't really slay but i appreciated that they tried actually okay i did lie i like the one song you know i like how bad uh, 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 can i be that if song slays. if you're a frequent listener you know my opinions on illumination but i will say i don't think they dropped the ball this hard um obviously i still think the 2d original one is better but danny devito's voice like his voice work for the lorax actually kind of killed and um, that's if they didn't add all that stupid extra plot with Needville and O'Hare, the air salesman, but and if they just didn't have all that, honestly, it'd probably be a five four bagger. Yeah, I think a lot of what makes this that makes this movie like a feature length movie rather than like thirty minutes is that they add a lot of extra plot. Just like Horton, here's a who. The, yeah, we spoke about this earlier with the Doctor Seuss lore that they they really just went off on a tangent on this one they built a whole world where o'hare the man sells air yeah they, they build and, this fictional needville and they have this like romance plot with the main boy yeah. where he wants to you know get with taylor there's swift like, yeah and... there's just a lot more and I, I do appreciate them actually i think it kind of undervalues the whole original meaning of the film because 
the kid isn't trying to get the tree for his own self. He's not yeah. trying to learn about trees because he's curious. He's trying to impress a girl because he's like horny. Yeah. Um. I just kind of feel like um the whole That's... that whole like plot line of like yeah like him having to like escape his town to like go talk to the Wansler like. I don't know. Didn't need to be in there, but they had to do what they had to do to like get it moving. Um, I think. You think? Oh, sorry. I was. I was just gonna say. I feel like yeah. I would have liked to actually spend more time with um the Wansler than we do, um because it just kind of feels like. Yeah, they flush out the world of the Lorax in like the worst way because actually I already said that they flesh out the world of the Lorax in a very bad way because they just sort of focus on this dystopian future after the the Wunzler's cut down everything rather than focusing on the Wunzler himself which is kind of insane because who really cares about the world that the boy yeah like what who's asking to see his mom and grandma do a little fun disco dance like, yeah, like there's a lot of like. You don't even see the Lorax for those parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's they don't know what the Lorax is. They've never met him. Yeah, it feels like kind of two simultaneous plots, and like there's not really a like a strong enough connection besides like the main boy. Um, okay. One of the things that really like kind of jump scared me was the Wunzler. Like I knew that people on Tumblr like really thirsted after this man, and like. Okay, like, when you look at him on the screen, he's, like, obviously kind of very tall and, like, has long legs and it's, like, kind of giving Timothy Chalamet if you squint, you know? Um, however, him being voiced by Ed Helms, a.k.a. Andy from The Office, that was the only thing I could think about when I looked at him. Yeah, it was literally like... just Andy from The Office talking at me with... And I was like, Unlike why has how, nobody ever, like, prepared me for this moment? Because it really scared me. Unlike how Jack Black was able to embody the character of Poe from Kung Fu Panda, or um, Ed Helms sort of just is Ed Helms. And you kind of just see the character as Ed Helms. And you go, oh, that's Andy Office. And everything he says, all the lyrics and every song he sings, it's just Andy from Office. Yeah. Now... Compare that to the original Wunzler. The original Wunzler has... Such a good voice. That is like the inverse property here with the Lorax, where the original Lorax voice kind of doesn't really fit too well. Yeah, but Whereas Danny, Danny DeVito, DeVito slays. fits really, really good. And I have to say, the Illumination Lorax is objectively so much cuter that's, than the That's the Illumination guaranteed. Yeah, Make they minionified him, and I... You love Minions. This was the thing where, like, I went when we watched the the original Lorax. I was like, oh, he's kind of scrungly. Like, he's kind of. This is just one of those films that that everyone agrees upon the rating. We're going to say it at the same time. One, two, two, three, three. three. Two stars. See, it's just everyone kind of agrees that this is kind of a three bagger. It's such a middle of the road kind of like. I don't know. I just. I and and this isn't to say that I didn't have fun watching it. Like we watched this. My friend Rose was here. We all, like, had a moment where we were watching this and, like, we were enjoying ourselves. But at the end of the day, was it a good movie? No. Um, I don't know. Like, it, 
something about it is just like not i thought this was a little bit better than horton here's a who it was better than okay i'll give you that it was that's why i rated it three stars i rated horton here's a who one star though i gave horton here's a who two Okay, so, so we're on the same I'm page. A, I, I'm a little Your bit star more ratings impartial. are a little bit inflated, I think. I think, <laughs> but sometimes I'm a little bit more critical when it, when things drop the ball. Mm. In this, in this, it didn't have. It was the message of plant a tree, save the earth, and it said plant a tree, save the earth. So also, you know what? Fine, good job, three bags. Um, this is a this is just like a plot line issue that i have with both movies and maybe even dr seuss himself i I haven't read the book in a while why does the once through just hold on to the last seed instead of planting it and don't tell me oh it's because he's like up in that tower he's guilty he feels bad that's how i always interpreted it okay so he so why wouldn't he if he feels so guilty and he feels so bad why doesn't he go out and do something about it why doesn't he pick up like if he feels so guilty and he feels so bad about it why doesn't he like go and do something about it like why doesn't he go replant the tree also there was a reason we don't love the man himself well like he like got canceled (laughs) canceled i'm doing air quotes here like if you guys remember the whole dr seuss debacle um which i don't know if we like even have the I don't think we have the brain the power time. to comment on, but we don't have the airtime for that. All right, we will both say that we'll have to get into the more of the <laughs> why Doctor Seuss was canceled <laughs> next time. But for now, I think we'll just talk about. The we original. just say. Oh yeah. Um, he um. He's people from the past might not be able to uphold the same standards of today. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> the best. I was just gonna say shout out Doctor Seuss. Shout out Doctor Seuss. I love him. He made we, my childhood. Yeah, I was just the original Lorax animated film, which I believe. He played had a part. Yeah, look, he was a producer. Yeah, he was a producer of the of the original and animated yeah, you ones. Can tell. And it's the, that passion was there. You know, same with the original Grinch. Um, yeah, we um, the original Lorax just has like a certain quality to it, and I don't know if that quality is quite literally just nostalgia, but um, we it's just better. Like it's just made better, and like when you watch it you're like okay yeah like the obviously the 2d animation style very bare bones animation style is not like objectively like the best to look at the 2d animation style of it is like a little bit outdated i still feel like they do a lot of really fun things with the animation um and like um they don't like one of the biggest like points of this movie is that they don't actually show the Wunstler's face at all. Did you want to chat about that? Yeah, I thought the fact they don't show the original Wunstler's face was like, always resonated with me a lot as a kid. I was kind of always disturbed by that. Yeah. Because it's just like appendages coming from off screen. But honestly, I have such a respect for it. It actually kind of has been shaping how I've been thinking of framing my own work, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Uh, in terms of the message I was able to get at that, it was, I always kind of could put other faces onto the, the Wunsler. It could be a business, could be you, could be your boss, you know, it could be your neighbor. It's, mm-hmm. it's mankind, mm-hmm. you know, whereas in the, the illumination version, it's Ed Helms. Yeah. Ed Helms is a bad it's, guy. Yeah. It's not. The illumination version doesn't like do a good job of making him the like, villain. Why? 
why show his yeah why show his face why make him a young attractive guy who plays guitar yeah when he's supposed to be i could give you a dollar and go fuck off and he like taps his cigarette like come on or not a cigarette his cigar Uh um (laughs) yeah i think um that was going back to the two to the 3d animated going back to the 3d animated lorax like the onceler has this like whole plot line where he like shows up and he like meets the grinch and the grinch is like hey don't cut down the trees and then the one is like okay i like promise i'll never cut down any of the trees and then he, they're like nice for a little bit and they like hang out do you remember he like makes them breakfast and then like um that's fun but that's like not the onceler you know the onceler like wouldn't think twice about that or really care and i feel like they just like don't do a good job of like just making the villain a villain because there's another villain which is mr o'hare who is selling air to the other people that live in the town without trees because there's no trees they can't breathe such a more boring cartoon cartoonified villain yeah and it's like he does the same message so it's like again fine but just so much less impactful so much more of a joke Rather than a a a, a yeah f- a villain and also um, I don't think they I don't think they played up the need enough in the three D animated one either the way that Ed Helms kind of markets the need is quite literally like yeah can you t- can he's like in the original in the two D Doctor series yeah, yeah. they have a ton of rhyming words like. You could put it in your locket. You could put it in the stocket. You could put it in a book. And it, yeah. And, it, it. Yeah. and then like, he's Ed Helms is like, ah, you could put it out of your hat. You could wear like a scarf. You could clean up the dirt with it. You could soak water yeah. up with it. Two of the things that he recommends you do with the need are wipe up dirt and soak up water. That's a rag, sir. Like you made a rag. A need is a need. It's a thing that everyone needs. You're not giving me enough needing for it. Um, and I think that also goes just back to like the Lorax when because they flushed out the whole world of this book because they flushed out the whole world of this book that Dr. Seuss wrote. They, you know, are taking a lot of creative liberties with the with the dialogue and whatnot, and they lose a lot of the rhythm and the rhyme. And I think that is what really like takes a lot of the heart away from the story as a whole i think dr shu's stories need to be told with a specific rhythm and rhyme and this one was not did you have anything else you wanted to say on the lorax no not really okay how many bags um i gave the original one two bags and the no no the remake 1972 one four bags okay yeah i gave the the original one four bags and then i gave the illumination version uh three bags yeah and that's all the movies we watched this week. Yeah, that's it. We've really been playing a lot of Zelda. We have two different saves going, and I do plan on playing Zelda the second we hang up. So, hang up. Stop. Stop uh, our yeah, time on uh, air tonight. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome for watching. You're welcome for the horror movie <laughs> reviews. Thank you for listening. Uh, once again, if you have anything to comment, comment it down below. And um, check us out on all of our other social medias. Yeah, if you want to see our letterbox list. Yeah. Um, check check that out. Otherwise, we'll see you next week when see we talk you next about week more when movies. When we talk about more movies. Uh, 
Goodbye. Take it easy. Good night. Good night.